everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Coaching Call podcast. On this podcast, we'll cover various types of coaching by trainers in sports, martial arts, fitness, and business. We'll discuss each coach's methods to getting the most out of their respective athletes or clients and how they attempt to change the platform in which they coach. Join us on a fun adventure as we discuss unique coaching styles. Coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host, Raphael, and his guests on this unique journey in coaching. Hi, I'm Sifu Raphael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. Good morning, Francois. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you, my friend? Thank you, Raphael. I'm doing terrific. Thank you so much. So excited to be here today. Oh, likewise. Uh, you know, we already got to know each other a little bit. You were also on Heroes Rising. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, that was a fun, fun show. One of the things that we also talked about is how you're traveling all over the world. Yeah. And then, of course, we need you in New York um, come July 13th and the 16th, right? And I definitely will because it's just such an exciting event and I cannot wait to be there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're coming all the way from where? Uh, I'm right now in Argentina, in Buenos Aires. Mm -hmm. But in July, I'm probably going to be in Brazil. So I'm moving around in South America. Right. So you'll be in South America. But then you're coming to New York as a speaker at our event, Heroes Rising Apex, which we're excited to have you come in. One of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that when we do an event like this, it's to empower people. It's to help them not only energize them, but also give them some knowledge. And for me, what I always believe is knowledge is great, but it's nonsense unless you apply it, right? So applied knowledge is everything, right? Yeah, no, totally. I like to say when I, when I speak, I tell the audience all the time, don't take notes about what I'm saying. Take notes about what you're going to do about what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So let, let's get into you, who you are. I want to know about little Francois. Where did you actually, where were you born? Because yeah. you're all over the world. So where, um, where did you start and what made you even decide that the world was yours to see? Wow. I, so I was born in Belgium. Okay. Uh, I lived there until I was about 26 years old, I think. And since then, I'm traveling the world. So it's been about a bit more than seven years now that I'm traveling with my wife. Uh, mm. So we're living in most beautiful places right. on my terms. Like, uh, I, I mean, <laughs> every, everybody has a different definition of a beautiful places, but right. I'm feeling very blessed and, and privileged to be able to, to travel the world and, and to discover so many different cultures and places and, and people. Mm. And so this nomadic lifestyle is definitely the thing that suits me the most. Now, it was a bit difficult, to be honest, to make the steps because, you know, we all are, there is this societal way of doing things. Like a, you, you study, you get a job, you get a house, you get a dog, you get a wife, you get a kid. And, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yes. and, and nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. But I knew since I'm really young, like, I want to discover the world. I want to explore. And I joined the military. I served for nine years. Wow. And I still had this voice inside. Like, there is more out there. 
Mm. And every time I could, I would take a few days. I had a few days holiday. I would take a plane ticket and go somewhere and go travel, go explore, etc. And then I was come back. And I was so exhausted because the job was really demanding also. Right, right. And one day I was like, man, if you keep postponing this best life for later, it might never end up. You might mm. end up at 50. I was very satisfied with my life, right? I, I had good friends. I'm, I had a job that I loved. Absolutely. I, I worked so hard to get where I was and I, I was really enjoying it. But I knew that if I would not fulfill this child's dreams, one day I'm going to be like, damn, too late. And I'm going to be left with regret. Mm. And so I did this very terrifying decision, made this decision to say, I'm going to quit and I'm going to go travel and let's see what's going to happen. Yeah. Not going to lie. I was terrified when I did it. <laughs> Were you? <laughs> so, so happy I did. Yeah. But you know, when, when you find the opportunity to live a life without regrets, my gosh. And you, you're doing it at a young age compared to somebody when they're 90 and go, man, I regret this. I regret that. Or even at 60, 50, whatever age. Yeah. But we should all live a life of adventure. Even if you don't travel the world like you do. Yeah. But you can still have adventure at home, right? Yeah. I think... Adventure is one of my most favorite words. This is how I describe myself, my lifestyle and everything. Mm. No, adventure is different for everyone. And it don't need to travel all around the world to have adventures. Of course not. What I find it very interesting is to create a life. Actually, that's, that's it. To create a life, yes. not to live a reported on life. You know, like the life you live, is it a life that you actually designed intentionally? Mm. And this is, this is everything to me because I realized I was following something. I was quite a rebel kid. So I got my ideas. I was a bit stubborn and everything you can imagine. But I decided, you know what? What do we need to do like everybody else? Mm -hmm. And not just let my mind wander and thinking, what is my best life? How does success look like to me? How, what is fulfillment to me? And I think it's so important to ask yourself those questions. The sooner, the better. That's Kids right. at school should talk about that. I don't understand how this is not part of the curriculum, right? <laughs> we, we don't talk about the key things of life. And so, so many people, they are 40, 50 years old, and we have this midlife crisis. What is that about? It's just mm -hmm. like you realize you have not been living your own life. You've been living mm -hmm. a life by default, a life that has been put on you. And then you realize that's not who I want to be. And time is sticking. And so people got a bit crazy at that time. But we don't need to wait for that. So there is, there is never, it's never too early to ask yourself, how do you want your life to be? And I'm so blessed that I asked myself this question and I, and I, yeah, I had the courage to do things that was, that was scary. And people, my, my friends, my parents like, wait a minute, you're going to quit. You, you just worked so hard to get there and then you're going to quit everything. Man, don't do something stupid. It's hard out there. I mean, you're lucky that you have a career in front of you. You're making decent money, et cetera. Like, man, it's not easy for everyone and you want to quit all the stability and certainty that you have? Like, yeah, because if I don't do it, I'm going to have this regret for the rest of my life. And I'm not going to live with that. I'd rather try and fail than not try at all. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mandy, by the way, says uh, hello. And, and she's making some comments here. Thank you, Mandy, for joining us. And good morning to you as well. Yeah. One of the things that we, we have to do is, is, and you said it, you know, people were surprised. Yeah. Right. And and it's not and I'm sure some people said to you, what are you crazy? What are you doing? Why? Why are you doing these things? It's because they have the fear. 
right? And they don't want to see you fail. They love you, man, yeah. right? So yeah. sometimes when we love somebody, and what is that old saying? If you love someone, let them go. If it's true love, they'll come back. But a lot of people, because they love, they don't want to let go. Yeah. And they fear for you. They, they're yeah. like, what are you doing? What, what are yeah. you, crazy? <laughs> yeah. Right? It, it always comes from this place of caring and love. And it's beautiful yeah. when you can acknowledge it. And when you can just transcend that and realize, oh, they just want to protect me. But right now, I don't need protection. I need to try things. I need to see <laughs> yes. by myself. Right? And, mm -hmm. and that's great. And really, my best friends were around me. And they really, they were beating me up with their sentences being like, Man, you're crazy. You should not do that. You're going to fail. Why are you going to fail? And after an hour or two of conversation, they're like, I think you're ready to do it. That's right. And they're like, we just wanted to test you to make sure that that was not like a, this just impulsivity and just trying something that I'm going to regret. And I, I was blessed to have those people who were there to confront me. Mm -hmm. And I had to go deep in myself. Like, am I really ready for that? No, the answer is you're never going to be really ready for it. Never, never, ever. Never. If you're ready, it's too late already. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. it's about daring to do the things when they're still a bit uncomfortable. Because as we all know, this is where things are happening in this discomfort zone. <laughs> Without a doubt. You know, one of the things that, that is, is very um, intriguing to me is people are not necessarily jealous, right? Mm. But sometimes maybe they are. Because you're stepping out of the comfort zone that they're in, right? And at first they they go, "Oh, I think you're gonna fail. You're not gonna you're not gonna succeed." But when you do succeed, all of them they, go, they say to themselves, "Wow, yeah, they did it." And yeah. then doubt starts to creep in for them. Yeah, right. So doubt, doubt is a, a big killer for ambition too. Oh, yeah. And I think when, what's happening when you dare to go after your wildest dreams or you dare to do something like far out of your comfort zone, it's confronting to people. Mm. Because suddenly they're like, oh, what about my dreams? Oh, he's bold. I'm not. Am I backing off here? I'm not playing big enough. Mm. Am I playing the safe card? And it's very confronting to people. Then we have this, I think every time you try to make a big change in your life, you have this, the status quo is trying to keep you where you are. And this is very complicated to fight against it because your situation, your habits, your, the place you live and the people around you, somehow, consciously or not, they're trying to keep you at the same level. You're trying to stay where you are. And so breaking free from that is challenging. It is. But, you know, and when we realize, what's the harm? What's the danger? Yeah. Right? So if somebody said, hey, look, I'm going to go and I'm going to swim with alligators. Yeah, that's a little dangerous. <laughs> but if you say, I'm going to go swim with dolphins, they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Right? But guess what? There are people who swim with alligators and that's their calling. You tell I want to hear it. Okay, let's go. I'm listening now. Okay, I didn't swim with them, but I was in Papua New Guinea and it was so interesting. I wanted to go there for years to, to explore this amazing land. Mm. And uh, I decided to go alone because it was too dangerous for my wife. I didn't want her to be there. And I was in the swims area and I could not find any 
and a boat to go somewhere. There was no infrastructure for tourists there. Mm. And after a few days, I finally found, found a guy who was there, a doctor, uh, a Papuan doctor, who wanted to do um, a vaccination campaign in some remote tribes. And so I went with them and I got so lucky to be accepted uh, to go on those lands. So there were, I was in this, this wooden boat and I had to wait every time they needed to talk to the chief of the tribe and make sure that a white guy could step on their on their land. Oh, right. And I was, I mean, that was an experience out of, it was, that was surreal. Mm. And we went to a tribe and they were crocodile hunters. And so mm. their whole skin was with scarification. So these scars that they make to themselves. So they have this uh, looking like skill of a crocodile, skin of wow. a crocodile. And I went to the chief of the tribe and I said, would it be possible that I joined the hunters to go hunt, hunt crocodiles with them? I said, yeah, sure. You can go with them. What an experience. So mm. we went on this wooden boat the whole night with this torchlight in the swamps area. And I remember we were just flashing the, the, the torchlight at the surface of the water and you could see the eyes, that the reflection of the light that was the eyes of the crocodiles. And he was saying, the further the eyes are, to the, the reflection of those two things are, are further from each other, the bigger the crocodile is because it, the bigger, the bigger the animal. I was in this boat and we were literally hunting crocodiles. That was incredible. Now, I know animal rights and everything, but whatever. I don't know what I do with it, but right. <laughs> that, was, that was really an experience to be there in the middle of nowhere with those crocodile hunters and, and, and chasing those beasts. Incredible. Anyway, <laughs> that, that, that is a, an adventure for sure. So what was it like when they did come upon a, a, an alligator? Yeah. Oh, and there is a difference between an alligator and a crocodile, right? Yeah, there is a difference. No, I'm, I'm not going to explain the difference, but it's not the same. It's just Correct. so we know. <laughs> I got you, I got well, one's bigger than the other. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's for sure. Uh, the crocodiles are a bit smaller, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken. Um, right. No, no, we, 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 they caught a small life, something like this, uh, with a mm. spear. And that was quite, a, that's quite brutal. Oh, yeah. And uh, some of them, they actually keep, they, they take them and then they, they farm them in some places. And I think they export quite a lot for, uh, to make purses and they use the skin, but they also eat the flesh. Uh, so Nothing goes to waste. No, 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 obviously not. And this, yeah. you know, when we go to people who are living very close to nature, they use everything. They're very grateful of the resources they've found in nature. And so there is mm. nothing, not not the thing that we waste like a, like I mean, here. every day you see the trash truck coming and you see the amount of trash. You're like, oh my God, this is disgusting. Right. We are so much, I mean, anyway, but very interesting to, to spend time with, with people with different life philosophies and different approach and different perspective on, on what it means to live, mm. really. What does it mean to live? I think you're doing it, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is a very deep question, Raphael. But I think I was thinking a lot about the purpose of life. Well, what's the point of all of it? Mm. And to me, it seems that what we are after is to feel good. We just want to feel good right now. Mm -hmm. In whatever form that takes. Sometimes it takes the form of supporting someone. Sometimes taking care of yourself. Sometimes learning something. Sometimes achieving a goal, having the progress to get there. So I think to me, this is what we are all after in life. We try to feel good right now. You, you know, feel good right now. Yeah. That's how most people live. Oh, I like you say that. You're right. Now, I want to put a caveat in that because there is yes, a difference <laughs> of feeling good right now and 
choosing all the time short-term satisfaction. Mm. And we live in a world that everything is rewarding you instantly. And we lose the ability to be patient right. completely. Mm -hmm. um, you, you go somewhere, you want something, you order it, it comes the same day or the day after. You, every, everything is instantaneous. And we really lose this ability to delay gratification. That's something also in the marketing we see all the time. People are promising you like uh, fast growth businesses, seven figures instantly, thousands of followers, etc. Like the shortcut to success is presented to us all the time. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't really work with, with, in the real world. I mean, no. success takes time. Fulfillment is a conscious process of creation that you are building every single day. This is not something that just comes. And it's also change. And, and so I think when we look at life, it's all the thing that we want to do is feel good right now. But that doesn't, that goes back to you only live once. It's like living your life as if you would die tomorrow or as if you would die at 100 years old. Yeah. When you can find that line that you, you do both in the same time, I think that's the sweet spot. It is the sweet spot. By the way, I uh, I want to extend an invitation to you. I know you're coming to New York, yeah. but I want you to come back wherever I am in the world because I am going to be, I'm going to have one of my homes that's going to be New York, then I'm moving out. Yeah. But I'm inviting you to my 100th birthday party. Oh. Because I'm... that's when the fun is going to start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I may be having fun now, but, you know, when when we have the intention of living a life worth living, right? Mm. A life where, you know, right now I am invested in you yeah. because you and I are having a conversation. I can't be thinking about anything else but us, mm. right? So for me, yes, I am thinking of the future. I, I do want the future to be bright, yeah. but it's what I do today. Every day sets me up for my tomorrows. My habits make me be able to live so I can have that 100th birthday party, God yeah. willing, right? Because yeah. it is not always up to me. I mean, we yeah. do answer to a yeah. higher calling, right? And But when we think about danger, what danger are we putting upon ourselves when we think about the the dangers we put when we don't step forward when we do not do anything but live a sedentary lifestyle when we just we go to work we come home we sit in front of the television we sit yeah. there and then we do it again tomorrow and then we do it again tomorrow so one of the things that i i'm teaching my 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 clients to say when somebody asks them to say, how are you doing? And I want them to reply, exceptional and getting better every day. Mm. And they're like, oh, I like that. I'm like, yeah, but you have to, I add something extra to it. So yeah. if somebody says to me, how are you doing? I'll say the same thing. But then I'll say, ask me tomorrow because tomorrow I'll be better. <laughs> so every day I live my life with intention of not only making my life worthwhile, but everybody that comes in contact with me, I want their lives to be better because if I can make their lives better, it's only going to help me. So it's, it's a selfish thing, if you will, but who do we need to take care of first anyway? 
Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So you are fulfilling that, that desire for happiness, but yeah. you're also filling that desire for adventure. Yeah. But you're not alone in this adventure, are you? Oh, no, never. Obviously not. I, yes. There are a few things I want to say with what you just said. Um, the first one is this quote. The present is the future of your past. Mm -hmm. I, love I love it because we always think that the future is going to be your past, but that's not true. The present is the future of our past. <coughs> Sorry. And so we, we put things in the wrong order. And so, yes, yes to that. We need to be more intentional and about the life we live now. What is special? Not really about what we're going to do later. No, we need a sense of direction so we know mm -hmm. where we're doing. We need a heading, right? Yeah. So it's finding this balance in working to live your best life while we're living your best life, right? Mm. Now, you talked about danger. I want to talk about fear. Ooh. Because if you think How many about people, be before you go on, and I, I know what you're going with, I love it, but how many people live in constant fear that they're always running from their own shadows? Yeah. Right? Well, I, I'm sorry, I I'm sorry to cut you no, off. Yeah, today. you're right. The majority <laughs> of the population today is living in a constant state of survival. There's so mm. much fear going on. And, and that goes with all the chemicals that are released in our bodies and mm -hmm. then create this toxicity, this acidity, and all those diseases, etc. Now, if you think about it, we are born with two fears. The fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. Mm. As a baby, that's the two fears that we have. All the rest is completely made up. Mm. The best proof of that is that your fears are not mine. And for the listeners, oh, you have different fears than I do. I lost right? you for a second. I lost you for a second. Can you say that again? I'm sorry. So the, the best proof to that is that your fears are not mine. And the fears of the listeners are not mine either. We all have different fears because it's completely made up. And how do we construct those fears based on events, circumstances, people, situations, etc.? So if you think of it, it's just a mental construction. No, fear and excitement in the body are very similar, right? Mm -hmm. Fear... The fear formula is what if plus negative outcome equals fear, right? So I need to go on stage. What if I forgot my speech? Mm. Fear. What if plus positive outcome equal excitement? What if I receive a standing ovation? Excitement. Yeah. One way or the other, we create that. And so when you realize how much power you have, by choosing your thoughts and thinking like, oh, you know what? Instead of turning all the what if in a negative way, I'm going to turn them in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Is there more probability that you're going to have a standing ovation or that you're going to forget your speech? Well, it's up to you. You know how you need to work for that. <laughs> but so this construction of the mind is just, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And so fear is a very interesting con concept because you think about how much fears in your life are dictating your actions and your behavior mm. but you do that to yourself you, you, basically you are the source of all your problem mm -hmm. and we need to take it the problem is that the majority of people they don't want to take ownership of that because mm. it hurts because it's not comfortable to say oh maybe it's my fault maybe it's because of the way i think and the way i think influence the way i do and my behavior and my temper and my identity Mm. And so it's very confronting to say, taking awareness of the situation and responsibility for it.
but only if you take awareness, if you if you have more awareness about the situation and then taking ownership of it, then you can empower yourself to take action and change the reality. It seems quite simple when we put it like this, and actually it is simple. Is mm -hmm. that easy? Not always, but remembering that we have the power to do it is very important. I love the, the concept of thinking what babies, they don't have fear, right? Yeah. Think of, take not even babies, take a toddler. Yeah. The other day, and it was a great video, they showed a toddler climbing, you know, the little gates that the parents put. Yeah. But the this kid is already climbing. So they put two of them, one on top of the other. <laughs> yeah. The kid, and there was a little gap. The kid climbed both of them and went over. So, but the kid didn't have fear of falling. I'm sure if the, and it must have been like a nanny cam or something when the parents might be in another room yeah. or something. And had the parents been there, they would have been terrified yeah. for the child, right? Yeah. Was the child afraid? Hmm. Not at all. No. Not at all. So, I, I want to get talking about baby. I have two more. Uh, Go for it. Like kind of metaphor I want to share with that. Have you ever seen a toddler starting, starting walking, right? They, they do two steps, they fall, they fall again, they fall again, mm -hmm. they keep falling. They fall more than they are on their two feet. Do you think a toddler is going to say, yeah, I'm falling. I cannot do it. I quit. That, that does not happen. That does that not does happen. Not happen. How come as an adult, we try something, we fail once, we're like, nah, that's not for me. It, I mean, <laughs> there is something happening when we grow up that makes us overthink everything. Mm -hmm. And overanalyzed and overparalyzed. So that's one thing. The second thing is kids are amazing at dealing with their emotions. If you see a young kid running around, falling, hurting himself, starting crying, expressing fully all the pain that he has, a few minutes later, you see him running again and being all joyful. Happy again. Why? Because they are making the decision that makes the most sense in the moment. It's the decision that is the wisest to stick and held and dwell on those feelings and be like suffering by not accepting that they just fell. That doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So they actually don't do that. So mm -hmm. they fully express whatever they feel and then they move on to what makes the most sense. We grow up and then we forgot how to do that <laughs> because mm -hmm. we have some painful event happening in our life. And I'm going to be clear, pain happened and it will happen again. This is part of life, right? Pain is a good signal to tell you something is wrong. You need to do something differently, right? So, yeah. Thanks that there is pain in our life. But the suffering, suffering is what we do with that pain. And as we grow up, we don't want to accept the pain. You know, like I lost my job. No, I don't want to accept I lost my job. Or I lost my friend or I lost a partner or whatever it is. Even as dramatic as it can be, we refuse to accept what is. We refuse to accept the reality. And so we try to control something we can't. Mm -hmm. And then Always. it's the moment that we create suffering in our lives. So in that sense, and I have a chapter in my book that is a bit controversial when I talk about that, that suffering is a choice. You know, I, I definitely love that. And I want to get into your book as well. One of the things that I, I when somebody tells me, oh, this hurts, I'm like, you're so lucky you're alive. <laughs> and they look at me weird. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, yeah. if you were dead, you wouldn't feel that, would you? So yeah. you should be grateful that you can actually feel that. Yeah. And they look at me a little differently. I'm like, listen, I'm not your typical guy. I'm not <laughs> going to, I'm not. One of the other things is because I teach fighting, right? Yeah. And 
And one of the things is when somebody's is sparring, especially little kids, four or five years old, they're fighting. I yeah. put we put on gear at them. They they're hitting. If they fall down, the parents run to pick them up. I'm like, nope, stop. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care how long it takes for them to get up. You're not allowed to go and help them up. Now, I've had some of my instructors who were just learning how to become an instructor. They went to pick them up. I said, nope. I grabbed the instructor. I said, no, they have to get up on their own. They have to understand that, hey, either they got knocked down, that's one, or they fell down on their own because of their own actions. But it's getting up is the biggest lesson that we can teach someone. And the other thing is, if they get hit, the run over and, oh my gosh, like, no, let them be. And so what I do is I go and I talk to the kid, are you okay? And they're crying, no. I'm like, where does it hurt? My nose or wherever. I'm like, okay. The next question I ask, can you go on? Hmm. And then they go, they think, they stop crying for a second because <laughs> now I'm questioning them. And now they think, they go, Yeah. I said, great, because, you know, if you want to be a black belt, you can't quit. Yeah. I said, so are you ready? Yes. Do you need a drink of water? Mm, Yes or no? It doesn't matter if they say yes, that's fine. Go get it. Come back, get back in there. So one of the things that we do as adults, we teach fear. We teach negativity. And we need to stop that. Now, the parents that when they first started, they didn't like it that I didn't let them help their kid. They probably hated me at that second, <laughs> but now they appreciate me. Yeah. And one of the things that they always say is like, you got to listen to Sifu. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. And they call me Sifu. That means master in, in yeah. Chinese. But when we think about fear, and I love that you brought this up, it's, it is a learned skill i'm going to say skill right i'm going to say skill because some people use it so wisely (laughs) to intimidate other people because they use fear like people try to use fear to stop you from doing what you are doing and what you're successful at they try to intimidate you because they're good at it yeah. And they're like, you're going to not be successful. How are you going to live? Where are you going to live? How are you going to make money? Da, 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 da. Negativity, yeah. negativity, negativity. And I get that because they love you, but they're trying to instill the fear that you go, you know, they're right. Yeah. Maybe I should just go to my nine to five job and, and stay here. Yeah. Negativity the- is, it, it's a powerful tool that people try to push upon us maybe they're not calling it negativity Mm. but a lot of people are fear pushers right yeah that's so beautiful what you do with these kids there because this is where uh, there's a quote i love the way you do anything is the way you do everything Mm -hmm. and when you're there and you start learning so much about what it means to stand up what it means to to not over dramatize things what it means to take ownership of your body and your emotions and your feelings and keep keep pushing or accepting that right now you need to express it and being this period of grief or acceptance or whatever it is. Right. Now, I think when, when you see what, what parents are overprotecting often is that the society is makes everything, sorry, how can I explain that? 
discomfort is not well tolerated. We try, okay, that's the nature of the brain, right? We try to stay away from pain and suffering. But we create this kind of bubble around us that everything that's a little bit uncomfortable, I don't want it. Yeah. So we see the new generation getting a job like, no, that's not so fulfilling. Uh, not I, something. Okay, I quit. Next, I quit. Oh, and people keep quitting too soon. People quit too soon because they're not used to sit into the discomfort. But discomfort is not bad. No. Right. Discomfort is just part of the learning, part of the growth. And so that's the problem nowadays. I think people quit too soon. And that's a good thing to remember. Nothing. Success doesn't just happen. Mm -mm. It takes effort. Right. effort you were in the practice. military for nine years. Yeah. I'm sure you were not comfortable and, and drinking pina coladas for nine oh. years, were you? <laughs> I'm sure not. you were very uncomfortable at many times. I, yeah. I want to give a shout out to a lot of people who are listening to us. Um, Jose Escobar, Daniel Gomez, they're both from Connected Leaders Academy. And obviously, you know Jose Escobar well. Yeah. He is my co-host. And one of the things, <laughs> when you think about being uncomfortable, it's learning to be uncomfortable and then get comfortable with it. Because yeah. if you're sitting waiting with a rifle in your hand and you're waiting for the enemy to appear, you get uncomfortable, you get up, look and go look for them. Guess who's got shot? You did, right? So mm -hmm. you have to be patient in the uncomfortable state. Yeah, right? yeah. So a lot of people, and you said it, some of the young people nowadays don't understand the yeah. concept of not only being uncomfortable, but also of patience. 100%. Yeah, definitely. And because we don't want to be uncomfortable, we move too soon from one thing to the other. Like mm -hmm. you have a, a relationship, it takes effort. But what I mean, marriage is not easy every day. It's, it's a constant creation. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be hard. But it does take effort. Right. No, I think. No, sorry. <laughs> Go for it. No, no, no. You, you're good. But, you know, I, I definitely. And, and we have a Facebook user. I'm not sure if they're logged in, but it says Facebook. At least they love the conversation. They say hello to us. Whoever you are, we love you. So thank you mm. for being here with us. W one of the things that, that we definitely want to talk about is you at 26, made a decision yeah. to live your life differently mm -hmm. than you had been. Yeah. When you experience a moment in time that you said, I don't want this. I want more. Mm -hmm. How many people don't listen to that? How many people shut it down like, shh, don't tell me that. I don't want to listen to it. Yeah. People shut their ambitions down because of fear, because of doubt. And I said it before, doubt is the killer of ambition. Yeah. That's, yeah. to me, that's the most beautiful thing that you can think of. And when you go, mm, I have doubt, well, am I killing my ambition? Right? Yeah. No, you're so right. And for me, it did not happen like one time, actually, exactly as you described it, it was the voice. And I was like denying it, like, 
no, no, come on, that's not rational. I'm, I should not do that, etc. And I kept putting it down. And after a few years, like, I need to face it right now. I need to listen to it because it's <laughs> yes. going to come back to my face one way or the other. And that's, again, going with this willingness to be uncomfortable. You know, when I work with my clients, I love to ask them, when was the last time you felt uncomfortable? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, uh, this happened two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Like, well, we have work to do. I want you to feel uncomfortable every week, if not every single day. Every day. Right? <laughs> we should. This is, this is how we grow. Right? And so, yeah, this little voice is there. We have those internal dialogue. And denying them doesn't mm. mean then that they're going to go away. Right. No. Not at all. Not at all. You know, for example, uh, before we got on, what did I tell you I, was, I just finished having? I'm sorry? Remember before we got on, what did I tell you I just finished having? Oh, you had lunch. Lunch. It's 10 a.m. Yeah. It's 10 a.m. Most people are just, just getting their breakfast. Mm. I've already had, you know, I was up. I went to the gym before most people wake up, before most people do anything. And so I have friends of mine who say to me, you live a life before most people wake up. Mm. I said, but Why? Why do I do that? Because I intentionally do that. Yeah. But here's the crazy thing. I put my alarm on, my alarm clock. I don't wake up with my alarm clock. I put it on. I don't know why I do it. Same. I wake up way, sometimes half hour before, sometimes 45 minutes, sometimes an hour. So I get up around 4 o'clock, 4.15. Sometimes I'm up at 3.30. Sometimes I'm up the other day, for the last week, for three days in a row, I was up at 2.15. I was oh, like, wow. okay, I'm up. Now what? <laughs> okay, let's go do some stuff. So, but, you know, it was, and I, I said, maybe I can go back to sleep. I couldn't. Hmm. Why? Because here was telling me, go do something. And instead of me not listening to me, to my body, my body said, you're good. You don't need to rest anymore. You're good. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoy my sleep. And it's not like I go to sleep at seven o'clock in the evening and wake <laughs> up at four. I literally go to sleep around 11, 1130. And people go, don't you need sleep? I said, yes. But I don't demand it from my body my body tells me you're good get up and go yeah which is a crazy thing because when i was younger i didn't listen to my body no. right but now when i listen to my body i'm up at different times yeah and it's crazy yeah and you know it's this part of intentionality i like to ask people i work with how much time do you spend working on creating your best life and then everything comes Oh, but you know, uh, I have this work, I need to, I start early and I come back late and like whatever excuses that you can make, even if this sounds great, nice excuse, beautifully made, beautifully created, but still it's an excuse, right. right? If you don't have time, create time. And that's exactly what you're doing, right? You create time to keep moving forward with your life and doing the things that you know you should be doing instead oh, yeah. of being in this victim role, I mean like, that's not my fault. That's because of my job, because of my wife, because of my kids, because of my work, because of whatever it is, right? I keep talking with people who are like, uh, Jose was an incredible example. I mean, in his book, fascinating the, the, the transformation that he had and being like, we're having such a big family, etc. 
He didn't say like, I'm a victim of all of that. No, he took control all of it mm-hmm. and decided to do the things that were necessary for him to create success. It's right. a beautiful story of taking ownership of your life. Yeah, without a doubt. When we, <laughs> when we think about excuses, when somebody goes, I have no time. That always brings a smile to my face. And so then I'll start at, like clients that I have clients and I'll say to them, okay, I get it. You're busy. Let's talk about your day. Mm. When do you wake up? Okay. What, what's the first things you do when you wake up? What's the second thing, the third thing? Mm. So now I start asking about their habits. What if you changed one thing? What if you woke up five? You don't have to get up like me. What if you woke up five minutes earlier? Will that give you five minutes more to your day? What if it was 10? What if it was 15? And then I've written so much because I've woken up in the middle of sleep and something with my mind, I said, I got to go write it. I, I came, I, I ran to my office. I have like three offices. I ran to one of my offices and, and I started writing. I've, I've written books that way. Yeah. But here's the thing. I haven't published any, but I, it's, it's for me, it's getting it out on paper. It's, it's yeah. that intention of there's so much going on in our brain. We are so gifted yeah. that we, journaling for me is huge, right? So, we're so gifted and we have millions of thoughts that go through our mind every day, but we let them go. So now at this point, I want to talk about your book because you didn't let Mm. those go. You wrote it, you created a book and I definitely want to talk about your book now. Yeah. But because we talk about time, it's really the the subject because the title of the book is the illusion of time. Mm -hmm. And so the core message timing, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, when, when people are telling me exactly the same situation as you, right? Uh, I have no time. And it's like, yeah, I know. And that's the thing. You have no time. I mean, time is ticking. Every second, your life is ticking away. If you want it or not, you can never have it back. Money, friends. Yeah, that comes and goes. But time, oh, time is a very scary resources. And how do you use your time, actually? And that's, that's the whole process, the whole journey I went myself um, through. Because... Although I was living a great life, I followed this little voice telling me, like, go explore the world. And I did quit my work. I started traveling around the world, having amazing experiences. But as I was traveling, I was like, I was in Colombia thinking, I cannot wait to be in Japan. I was in Japan thinking, oh, the Philippines is going to be amazing. I was in the Philippines like, oh, Cambodia and the Temple of Angkor. And and I realized I was always living in the future. I was always thinking, like, the best is yet to come. Now, I love this philosophy of the best is yet to come, thinking that your life is only getting better. Great. But not when you think like the best is better. Tomorrow will be better than today. And so you start living in the future. And when you live in the future, that robs you to be very present in the now. Mm. And that's where the title come. Because the illusion of time is really this idea that you have all the time in the world. And you can postpone whatever you want to for later. We all said that. Mm. I'm going to do that next week, next month. In January next year, it's my own, on my list of resolutions or later, or I should, but I don't. All of those moments when you think we have so much time that we can postpone our best life for later. This is the mistake that I made. And that's why I wrote this book, because one day I stared at death in the face and I was just about to die. And I thought to myself, was that it? Was that my life? Was that everything mm-hmm. I could do and be? 
Like I was so mad at me at that moment. You know, I could have done more. I could have been more. So how do I do that? Yeah. And I went so deep in personal growth because from that moment, I realized I want to make the most of every single day of my life. How do you get better at life? That was the question I tried to answer it. Mm-hmm. I realized to get better at life, you need to become a better person. You need to dive mm-hmm. deeper into who you are and explore and sit in the discomfort of your own mind, of your own feelings, on your thoughts, and creating a life that is so intentional that if I die tomorrow, fine, I'm very content with my life. I'm yeah. doing what I should be doing. I don't say should, I don't regret. Of course, sometimes we do the best we can. <laughs> we do. I don't put excuses anymore. Mm. I hate that. There is a chapter in the book that says, be great or make excuses. You cannot do both at the same time. You cannot. You cannot. I want to give you- a quick shout out to uh, Diana Banks who says, hi, uh, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate you. You know, when, when we think about death, right? And that's one of the things that people fear. Like I said before, babies, they don't have that. They don't no. fear it. But here's the thing. Why do we fear something we can't control? You and I, my friend, we're going to die. Yeah. Everyone listening is going to die. One of the saddest things and maybe one of the gifts that we can have is if we knew when. And a lot of people are like, I don't want to know. I would love to know. So I can plan my days accordingly, right? So, but, but here's the thing. I live my days as if it's my last because I don't know. Listen, things change in a heartbeat, yeah. right? One of my, one of my clients is, is dying of cancer. They just gave him weeks to live. Mm-hmm. So we had a very heartfelt conversation just the other day and he's, he was crying and he said to me that this was the most powerful conversation he had. It was a private conversation. But one of the things that I can share is that he said that I've never changed the way I've treated him, even though he treated me poorly. Mm. And he goes, you never faltered in your love for me. Mm. And I said, why would I? I said, this is who I am. Mm. I said, I treat everybody basically the same. Everybody that is in my circle, I, I love. And I love everyone I encounter, everyone, because if I am living my best life, I cannot have hatred in my heart. Listen, yeah. I'm divorced. I don't hate my ex-wife. I loved her at one point. Mm-hmm. right? So why should I, no matter what she did, she's still a human being. Yeah. Right. She's still every one of us. And this is how, how I see people. You, I see as a baby, right? Babies are what? They're misguided mm-hmm. by whom? Adults. Mm-hmm. Right. So when we think about everybody in the world, if we saw everybody as a baby, how would we treat them? Would yeah. we treat them differently? You better believe it. People will be like more kind. Yeah. Right. If we treated everyone as, you know, listen, the, the jails are full of criminals, but those criminals at one point, where were they? Yeah. They're beautiful babies. 
Yeah. You know, and one of the, the funniest things, I was at a conference and somebody said, uh, raise your hand if you have children. And I raised my hand. Everybody's raised their hand. And then they said, keep your hands up if your children are ugly. And everybody's <laughs> hands went down <laughs> because what do we believe in babies? They're mm. beautiful. Yeah. So when you can have that idea of time, the time that we can be here, how do we act? I hate when people say I'm old, right? When yeah. people find out how old I am, they're like, you're what? You're like the biggest kid. If there's <laughs> a kid party, I'm the one playing the most. <laughs> yeah. I'm always running around. I'm always doing things because life is so beautiful and it's so precious that yeah. we have to be in the moment. And I love the fact that you realized that you're in Japan or you're in Colombia and you want to be here. I want to be yeah. here. But you're not living no. at the moment. And what I think you as me, we took the time to define how we want to show up. Oh yeah. We took the time to define what are the emotions and feelings I want to have on a daily basis. We define what it means to us to hold ourselves to the highest standards. What mm -hmm. are those standards? And I think that's the time, that, that's an exercise that we all need to do because if we talk about virtues, everybody wants to be honest, courageous, uh, selflessness, etc., and wise. What does that mean to you? And I think we have those abstract concepts. And when we can really go deep into that, you're like, mm. I'm an honest person. I'm never going to cheat on my wife because this is just not who I am. I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to behave that way or say those words because this is just not who I am. This powerful quote that is really... But I've in a big uh, poster somewhere, but I'm traveling too much. But it says, <laughs> every act is an act of self-definition mm. from Neil Donald Walsh. So every act is an act of self-definition. If you look at that and you look at how you behave, think, do, act, etc. during your day, what does that mean of you? How do you define yourself every day? Do you define yourself as a kind, loving person, as a courageous and bold and adventurous person? Or do you define yourself as a person who's living in fear? hidden or scared whatever you know and i think when we realize whoa every day is creation a new chance a lot of power. yeah you know when, when i was uh, in my 30s i used to host uh, dinners for singles you're not anymore sorry i'm sorry you're not I'm anymore sorry for that you don't think <laughs> So when I was in my 30s, I used to host dinners for people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and, and further. And one of the things that used to amaze them is that if I had 20 people in the room, I knew everybody's name. I knew what they did. Da, 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 and I just met them just that night because I was the host. So yeah. I would have my, my job was try to connect them, right? So connecting people, mm. that was what I did. And so, and I did that for fun, right? It was just a fun adventure and, and I kind of like fell into it by accident. Yeah. But, and the beauty of what I saw in some of the people, they were there to make connections. Mm -hmm. Yes, they were lonely. They, they wanted to make a connection. Maybe they were divorced or whatnot. The best version of a person who did not give up on love was from a 75-year-old woman who at the end of the night 
asked me to go back to her place. Now, I was taken back because I did not expect that. <laughs> and it was not something I was going to do, even if she was 55, because I respect everybody, right? They're not there for me. I was there for them. Mm. So, but the fact that she asked me, and I was in my 30s, she's 75, she's vibrant. She mm. was, can I tell you, she was a beautiful 75-year-old, or should I say young, not old. She mm -hmm. was 75 yeah. young woman, and she asked me to go back to her house. Obviously, it wasn't to have some coffee. So, <laughs> but, but the thing is, she was so vibrant. She was so full of life. Mm. And for her not to have fear, right, or to have doubt, because she didn't have that. And that allowed her to ask a young man, and maybe she didn't see me as an, a young man. Maybe mm. she saw me as an equal in age mm. because it's, it's the definition of how do we see ourselves? Yeah. Francois, how do you see yourself? I love this quote that every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. And this is how I like to see myself. Mm as someone who keeps striving for excellence and getting better and better every single day. That's right. And so the image I have of myself keeps improving with, with compassion as well, because sometimes I fall short on, my, on, on the goal I set. Mm. But then, as you said, it's picking yourself back up and be like, no, this is not who I am. The person I am is getting better and better in every way, every single day. But this is a quote from Emil Kuei. And, I think it's a great mantra for living. So if you keep doing that, you just keep growing. And this is what life is all about, isn't it? That's right. It's growing. And I want to add something about this woman. I think that she still had the doubt. She still had the fear. But she did it anyway. Mm -hmm. because she didn't look like it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Some people are very good at faking it. But I think, you know, when I work with people, I always like to tell them, when they're like, yeah, but I'm scared or I, I'm so uncomfortable or I feel like an imposter. I'm like, great. Mm. The day you don't, the day you don't feel like that anymore, is that you're probably playing too small. Yeah, that's it. And you should never play small, right? Life is too short for that. It's <laughs> way too short. You know, we are, and, and I heard somebody say this, uh, it, it was in, in, in a, an event that I was at, and they said that we're a speck in time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, I know you and I know I, we're not just a speck. We're a bright speck. Mm. I love that. <laughs> That's the difference, right? Yeah. yeah. Do we shine, right? But I think people like doing the work that we do, we try to be the best version of ourselves so we can also empower people to become the best version of themselves. Mm. And we thrive and we feel so much reward and fulfillment by looking at people, turning their life upside down and actually having this ripple effect and becoming a role model as well. Mm. Right? The best way to me, the best way to, to change something is being the change. So by being a role model yourself, just in your presence, people start like, huh, I want to be more healthy. You know what? I'm going to work I'm going to work out in the morning. I'm going to wake up and start writing. I'm going to wake up 10 minutes earlier. You don't have to say anything because you role model the way. And I think that's 
I mean, that's to me what it means to shine is that your light is contagious and then it's yeah. growing and growing and, and all together we have a massive impact. Everybody has a role to play. Everybody. You know, every individual yeah. has a light. Yeah. The and problem. You ready for the problem? No, tell me. They let their, their light get... People come and put... If this is the light, right, they come and put stuff on top stuff on top they don't keep clearing it and keeping that light bright so if it's a lens it gets dirtier and dirtier and dirtier and dirtier yeah. and they don't clean it but when they make that mental change in their mind to truly clean their lens they will shine not only for themselves but they'll shine the light and the way for others, for the future. So I always talk about legacy. Mm. I don't want to leave what I'm doing for my children. I want to leave it for seven generations from now. So they'll go, remember when Raphael said that, yeah. that, right? Or he did. Yeah. Because I want to make that impact. You know, yeah. before I invited you to my 100th birthday, and I'm going to tell you why I said that. My great-great-grandfather lived to be 113. Oh, wow. So I want to beat him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to live longer than him. So, so, But the thing is, if I don't take the actions to fulfill that, hmm. and what do I mean by the actions? Mentally, if I don't read every day, how am I going to advance myself? If I don't work out every day, how am I going to be healthy enough? Yeah. I, I don't and I never have taken medication ever. And even when I had a knee surgery, they gave me pills for the pain. I'm like, nope. What did I say? That pain means I'm alive. Mm. And I believe that in myself. Listen, I've, I've, you, I also want to talk about how you almost died, right? Yeah. Because... You almost died in a tsunami, mm. right? Can I tell you? I want to tell you something about that. Tell me. And I want, first, tell me about your story because it's it's a really uh, awakening for you. Your story. So, if you don't mind, yeah. I know you were holding onto a tree and and you saved <laughs> someone's life at the same time. Yeah. Let's, let's 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 get into it, and and then I want to tell you something that. When I heard your story, I was like, I cannot believe this. This is incredible. Yeah. You know, this is really what transformed my life completely. And as the quote says, sometimes beautiful gifts come wrapped in ugly paper. Mm. Well, I tell you that this day was a very, very ugly paper. I was in Indonesia for a paragliding competition and I was just getting out of my hotel when the ground started shaking and I could, I could not stand up. I was just on the floor, uh, on the ground. I was with a friend at the time and, and the ground was literally making waves. I mean, that was insane. I could not understand wow. how a solid could behave like a liquid. It was, it was my, my brain was just like shortcut. I could mm. not understand what was happening. And then the hotel behind us completely collapsed. We were just getting out of there. Like we were 50 meters in front of the hotel. Wow. It all collapsed. It was a five-story hotel. It collapsed in a cloud of dust. And I was there with my friend. They're like, we need to do something. So we run towards the hotel trying to see if we could rescue people because just a few minutes before, mm. I was just waving goodbye to the receptionist. I know the hotel was full of people. Oof. I was horrified. I was terrified. I wanted to throw up. I was like, oh my, 
What is happening? Mm. Is that real? And then I spotted a little girl in the fifth floor. She was trapped between metallic bars, uh, like, yeah, barely touching the ground. And then we tried to, we went up, we, we climbed on the debris of the hotel, trying to not get smashed by the collapsing blocks of concrete. Right. And then we got to know the little girl and then we saw this, I saw those two feet with a lot of blood and, and the woman yelling. And that was the mother that was trapped underneath blood of concrete. Mm. So with my friends, we opened the bar of the, this metallic bars. I took the little girl in my arms and I told him like, I'm going to go down to put her safe. And then I come back so we can help to free up the mother. And as I was climbing down, I turned and I was like, I'm going to put the girl in a place where nothing can collapse. And for me, in the beach, there is nothing. And we were on the coast. So I'm mm. running toward the beach. And as I'm running, I see on the horizon, there was this black line. I never know, saw that before, but I knew what it was. The tsunami was coming. And we were trapped mm. between a collapsing building and a dead tsunami coming 700 kilometers an hour. I saw the tree at the time and then I decided, like, well, I have nowhere to go. I don't want to come back, but I need to protect myself. And this little girl that was in my arm, she was five years old. I mean, she was like this big. She was so tiny. And, and so I climbed in the tree and I was holding so hard on, on the branch, on the trunk. And on the other arm, I was holding with this little girl. And I was looking at the tsunami coming so fast. I took my phone trying to call my wife and say, hey, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not going to make it. I mean, I really thought I would die. And this little girl looking at me, she was so confused and terrified. And I just told her, like, it's going to be okay. Don't worry. In my mind, I was just thinking, you liar. That's it. And that's where I started thinking about not my bank account, not my car, not my businesses or my stocks or whatever it is. No, I was just thinking about the people in my life. I was thinking about the emotions, about the feelings that I experienced. I was thinking about all those faces and the smiles that I saw. Mm. And the tsunami came so fast, it crashed on us like, like, a, like a truck hitting my legs. And we were in the water, we were dragged, but I, I could hold so strong on the tree that was moving in all directions. Around us, people were yelling, trying not to drown, escape the collapsing building. The city was on fire. The car lines were ringing. There was total chaos. Mm. It was a nightmare. But we miraculously survived. I stayed in the tree for like 40 minutes with this little girl there. And then after a while, like, we need to leave that place. I mean, I'm in the first row. I have no protection. I survived the first hit. But what's going to come next? But it was getting dark, so I couldn't see anything. And had one of the most difficult decisions I had to make in my life was, do I stay there or do I leave? If I stay there and a bigger wave comes, I'll die. If I mm. leave while a wave is coming, I'll die. Right. And if I die, she dies. Mm. In the end, I decided to, to try my luck. And I, and I went down the tree. I put her on my shoulders and I started trying to, to get away from the coast. But I didn't really think that the ground was not even anymore. There were poor lines, there were cars, there were debris, there were bodies floating. That was, that was a nightmare. So I could not really walk far. And we found another shelter and we had to wait for a couple of hours there. I like to say that this little girl saved my life that day. Mm. She made because you take certain me, actions, right? She gave me a, a reason to, to live. I, I have to say, everything... Everything disappeared in my mind. I just had this little being with me. It was like, I need to keep her safe. And that was my mission. Mm. And I find it so beautiful. You know, this is, this kind of things happen to many people as well. It just taught me this, or reminded me of this unconditional love that we can feel for someone, a stranger, someone we don't know. And we see that in the animal kingdom a lot. Oh, yeah. And we see them in the human nature as well. I never felt so much love for this little girl that I've never met before. That was, that was incredible. 
but she gave me this reason to fight. Like dying was not an option because I was all she had. She was mm. so vulnerable. I had to take care of her. And so I really put all my emotions aside and I was just, I was focused on that thing. Mm. And luckily we survived. And, and later on, uh, I, I met my friend again in the group of survivors that told me that the mother was still alive. So that was amazing. My friend survived. I oh. thought he was dead. And, and then, so that was kind of a happy story in the end, although it was very traumatic. I lost a lot of friends there. Um, mm -hmm. 4,000 people died. Wow. And unfortunately, Crazy. these things happen. I mean, recently, what happened in Turkey and, and Syria, that really brought so much emotion to me. I was like so devastated looking at those people. This is just life. Mm -hmm. And we have nothing. We can't control that. The only thing we can control is the way we show up every single day. And, you know, after this whole thing happened to me, I was in, in a very dark place because I was so angry, so mad at life, thinking, like, how come that this can happen? Mm -hmm. Like, I witnessed so much suffering and pain. And the images I have still in my mind, I mean, I still have nightmares from it. I'm not going to lie. It, it's still there somehow. But it also empowered me because the weeks passed and then the friend that saved the life of the mother of this little girl after died in a paragliding crash in India when I was supposed to meet him there. That was like mm. three weeks after. Oh, wow. It just, I was barely getting back on my feet. This just put me back down. I was like, come on, this guy is a hero. He saved the life of the mother. He cannot mm. just die. And, I, you know, I was looking at this photograph of me and my team for the paragliding competition. It's like, I'm the last one live on this photo. Mm. Oh my gosh. And then I thought, I'm next. And they're like, of course I'm next. I mean, exactly what we said before. You're mm -hmm. going to die. I'm going to die. We're all going to die. What matters is what are we going to do in between this moment that you realize that you're going to die, taking ownership and not denying your own mortality and the day that you're finally going to be over. This moment is important. And that day I promised myself that from now on, I'm going to live every single day of my life to the fullest and inspire other people to do the same. Mm. And it's changed everything because from being a victim, for blaming life and the universe for me, and that happened to me and to the people I love, I realized that I'm a survivor. From victim to survivor, this changed my whole mindset. Suddenly the pain, the, the suffering started fading away. Now the pain is still there. Mm -hmm. A painful event, never going to disappear. But we can choose to step away from the suffering. And I stepped away from the suffering by empowering myself like, hey, I got a second chance in life. I know not everybody will. And I'm going to be my duty. That's going to be my mission to make sure that I support people to create the best life and to stop living with this illusion of infinite time. I want to live like I never have to make this last phone call. No. Luckily, my phone call never went through at the time because all the, the cell tower were, were completely destroyed. I was thinking about my wife. She lived a nightmare for, for hours and hours because I was on the red list from the missed or dead people from the embassy. She thought I was dead. She's... She went through to complete hell. She mm -hmm. had as much PTSD as I, had, as I had from this situation. But then we said, you know what? Let's live a life that we don't compromise. If I die tomorrow, the people that are in my life, they know that I love them. They know that I appreciate them. Mm -hmm. And often during, during workshops or talks that I gave, I said, and I think I would love the audience to do that right now. Thinking yeah, get your phones out. A text, uh, send yeah. a text to someone and say, hey. I appreciate you. You don't have to say I love you if you're uncomfortable with that. You can just say, I appreciate you being in my life. Thank you I don't mind that. saying I love you. <laughs> yeah, some people feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't mind either because this is, the, this is what it is. But we should 
we should dare to live more like that and stop mm. living like with this feeling that we're going to live forever and we don't take ownership of anything and we just do a day and then another one and then 15 years later you realize you've been living the same day for your whole life mm. it's like that old saying that you know um, this man died at 30 years old, but they actually buried him at 75 yeah. because he didn't live. Yeah. He, he, he so died sad. at 30 in his, in his heart, in his mind. Yeah. And he just, he just went on day in, day out doing the same nonsense instead of living the life that he yeah. was supposed to live. You, you know, one of the things that I always say, and, and people sometimes they, they laugh at me, but I'm going to ask you the question. What is the cemetery full of? Dreams. <laughs> Unaccomplished dreams, no? Yes, dead dreams. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You Some know people say dead bodies. I'm like, you're right, but also dead <laughs> also, dreams. People who yeah. did not pursue like you're pursuing your dream. Your yeah. dreams, and I can tell, change all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, a few weeks ago, it's funny you're talking about cemetery. Uh, I'm in Buenos Aires now, and there is a beautiful cemetery in Recoleta. It's, it's a very nice, like, impressive. And I was walking there, and I was just thinking, what do I want to be written on my grave when I'm going to be dead? On the tombstone, yeah. Yeah, on the tombstone, yeah. And I was like, well, you know what? The way I show up today, the way I live my life today is going to influence what people are going to write there later. What do I want to be written there? And I love this exercise that is to write your eulogy. It's, it's so powerful to do, to just visualize yourself at the end of your life and trying to listen to what people are saying about you. How did you live your life? You know, it's funny. Um, I read a story where someone read their own eulogy in the newspaper mm. because they got the name wrong. And he's like, wait a minute, I'm not dead because people people are like saying, we're so sorry. He's like, wait a minute, I'm not dead. And so he read the eulogy of what someone else put. It was oh, for wow. somebody else. But can you imagine how people will remember you? And that's why, you know, writing your book, writing an idea, doing things like what we're doing now, we're, we're we're having a conversation about our life, what has happened, how we think, what we think. That alone will let people know who you are, where you come from. You know, if, if you're in, in a position where you have some power and you use the power to only bring yourself up, yeah. if you use that rope to climb, you use that ladder to climb and then you throw it away, you allow no one else to climb. Yeah. What are you going to do at the top by yourself? You're going to be bored out of your mind. Oh, yeah. Right. But here's the thing. I wanted to ask you about your experience because it's, it's an incredible, scary and uplifting experience you went through. Hmm. But here's the crazy thing. I dreamt for a very long time that I was in a tsunami. Me. Oh. That I, every night I would go to sleep and I was a kid, probably I had two dreams, two different dreams for two years in the same night. One, 
was that I died at the feet of my sister and brother-in-law. And my bones popped out of my, my shoulders. And I died. And there was a lot more to it, right? But I, I died there. And the other one was that I was in a tsunami. And I was in the water. It hit me. And the tsunami was so high. And it, the water just stayed there. And I was swimming towards a, a, a high-rise building. And that was an occurring dream. And I got hit every day wow. by a tsunami. Meanwhile, I had never been to a beach as a kid. Oh, wow. I didn't see TV as a kid. We only listened to radio. Okay. As a kid, I didn't have a TV. That we, we only listened to like comedy or whatever on the radio. Yeah. There was nothing talking about tsunamis or, yeah. or oceans. But for me to have that dream before the age of six for two years, oh. when I died every night, I got chased down and I died. And the other one, I was swimming in a tsunami, but I didn't die. Wow. So I'm always curious, why did I have those dreams? And then it tells me that I have a choice in my life. I can die. Oh, I, whoop, I don't know why that's happening. <laughs> Let's hang up, hang up on them. It's the train calling. <laughs> so I, I forgot to uh, put on Do Not Disturb, which I always do. But one of the things that really taught me is I can swim or I can do something about living a life worth living. Yeah. I have been super lucky. I have almost literally died several times. I've had a gun put to my head, knife to my throat at the same time. I oh. survived that. I've, I've had so many near death experiences that I find life so fulfilling. And so every moment I cherish. And so when people say they're afraid to die, I'm like, I'm not. I've died I already. Yeah. I died when I was a kid, right? But I, I didn't do like that man in his 30s and, and get buried at 75 because I'm already having a 100th birthday party. So but I am living the life that yeah. I want to live. I'm not living the life of my parents or the yeah. one that they wanted me to live or the one other people expect me to live because yeah. if that was the case and you're not either because if that was the case you wouldn't be where you are today right yeah exactly I, I would like to say when you said are you afraid to die i want to say are you afraid to live and i think uh, this is a question that people can really reflect mm -hmm. on yeah am i afraid to live and i disguise that by saying i'm afraid to die whatever mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so live your best life yeah. Today. Oh, yeah. Plan for tomorrow. Here's the thing, right? Like when, when I train people and I physically train people, I either train them mentally or for mm -hmm. their business or I'm physically training somebody. And if it's physical and they'll go, oh, I'm sore from yesterday. And I'm like, are you living in the past? <laughs> I said, so yeah. what I'm asking you to do is challenging you today. Forget what happened yesterday. Yeah. You need to. Dig deep for today. Yeah. Right. Because there's a, you know, one of the things I also said recently is if you dig a grave, you have to go so far to dig it, at least six feet, right? 
Mm. But then do you stay there? Mm. Or do you climb out? Yeah. And that's it. You have to have the tools to be able to dig. Yeah. And then you have to have the tools to be able to climb out. Same yeah. shovel. You create <laughs> stairs with the same shovel that you yeah. made the hole with, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, again, bringing back the feeling, the possibility of choice and of empowering yourself that you are the source of most of your problem. When you accept that, you understand that you can also undo those problems by doing the thing that you need to do. And mm -hmm. I love to say with the people I work with, I'm not telling you what you should do. I'm helping you to do what you know you should do <laughs> because we all know somehow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You're right. Everybody knows what they should do. Yeah, but there. The, and, and you, I, I love the title of your book because when we talk about the illusion of time, we all have the same amount. But do we allow people to steal our time? Oh, and yes, we do. <laughs> That's something I would. For what sure. is this? Yeah, what is this? This is one of them, right? Oh, yeah. So usually, and it's funny because I always put my phone on do not disturb. I forgot this morning. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. If I had, and it rang, and it's great that it rang because it showed that I could have said, wait a minute, Francois, I know we're doing this live thing, but let me go answer it and let me talk yeah. to them. And you can wait. But why would I want that? Because mm -hmm. then I am no longer connected to you. Yeah. Right. So yeah. when we make a connection is the intention behind that connection, because we can, one of the things that we should always learn is from, from dogs, right? Mm -hmm. Are they happy to see us? Are they happy to see us in the morning? Are they happy to see us later? If we go yeah. out, we come back five minutes later. Do they, a cat will not care. <laughs> you can, you can, you can yeah. leave for three yeah. days, come back. The cat's like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> Yeah, the dog will yeah. be beside themselves, like, oh my god, you are yeah. so happy! Woohoo! Yeah, why don't we do that as humans? Now, you think because, um, yeah, no, 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 uh, no, 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 <laughs> no, that's what I wanted to say is that people deserve the gift of your full attention. Mm. Everything in our lives now is competing to have your attention. Marketing, the ads, the, the phone, when you go on, on, on your screen, uh, wherever you go, people want to have your attention. People want to have your time. But the people in your life, the people you really care about, they deserve the gift of your full attention. How do you give your full attention to someone? Mm. By being truly present. And listening. Active listening, right? You can only active listen when you're fully present. Yeah. Right? That's, I think it really comes back to being here and now. And it takes training. Oof. I had to train so much to be able to have coaching conversation with clients and be present for an hour and a half or two, right? It's not, it's not easy because this machine there is always going in all directions. That's right. But it's something we can learn to master. And the people in our life, they deserve that, right? Mm. So, yeah, you know, sorry to be with the dog because I still don't know the answer. <laughs> but we, we can learn from a dog, right? To, to have that affection for, for another person. Yeah. And when we greet someone, right? Let's say I, I, you and I, we've gotten to know each other a little bit, right? Yeah. 
do we know each other well enough? No. But will we? If we want to. It's a choice that you and I can make. It's a choice that we can make with anybody. You know, I know that you're the kind of person I want in my life, right? I know that your values are similar values to what I have. You're always looking for growth. You're looking for adventure. You're looking to instill love and prosperity for yourself, of course, Mm. but you're not selfish. You're looking to share that with other people. Yeah. And that's why I value what you do and how you do it. You know, I appreciate that. And, you know, you saying that means that you're going to offer me some of your time. Always. And what I found you beautiful. You have my cell that, number. <laughs> yeah. When, when we look at, so who do we offer our time to? Mm. Do we offer our time to Facebook, to YouTube, to this horror movie on Netflix? Do we offer our time to, to whatever? I mean, but when we can really see, I have a certain amount of time and I give it to things right. and to people all day mm. long. Do mm. I do that wisely? That's a question. All the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you do. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, but the thing is, and even with a loved one, right? When, when you're truly like with your, your wife. Yeah. A lot of people, they, they set up a date night, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. And they do it once a week. Mm-hmm. So are they only good for once a week? that's you know, the question yeah you know I like to, to say that every day is creation right? I said that a few times today but when I mm. wake up in the morning if I think oh her again or if no, I think no. I'm yeah. so happy from relationship <laughs> oh if you think I'm so happy to wake up next to such an amazing human being yeah, yeah. we create our life with our thoughts I mean you are for me what my thoughts are about you mm-hmm. this, this is just everything in your life is just the accumulation of the thoughts that you have about that. And because we can choose our thoughts, we can choose how we perceive others and life. Mm. And we can support each other to grow, but we can also create this idea in our mind of the other person, right? When I, when I talk to you, I'm like, this guy is bright. This guy is wise. This guy has a great heart. He's there to support others. I mean, I can keep on and on. It's just the image I created from you. But I did create that myself mm. because the way you show up but also because the way of I want to choose my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I think this is this idea, again, that everything is creation. You create your relationship every single day. Mm-hmm. It should not be hard, but it should require effort. And it if does. you don't want to have effort, you're going to quit too soon again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So don't quit. Right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I love the, the fact of creating relationships yeah. in a way that they fulfill if you will, your destiny, right? Mm-hmm. Because one of the reasons I do this show and I love this show is because I get to have these type of conversations with people. Yeah. Now, I've had conversations with people that I'm like, they're not going to be good for my show. Mm-hmm. So I kind of turn them down nicely, as nicely as I can until they grow yeah. or they don't come in so self-centered, mm-hmm. right? They come in more of it as a giver, Right yeah. where they want to share, but I, I've been in, in 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 front of some people who they only see one person in a room of a thousand. Hmm. So, yeah, you know, instead of seeing a thousand and one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
you know, the great metaphor for that, I think taking and giving, I think it's Marisa Piro sharing that. It should be like breathing. You take and you give. And there is a balance between both. If yes. you take, 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 you explode. If you give, 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 well, you implode, right? That's right. So it's finding this balance of taking and giving, like the breath. Mm. Let me tell you, I know that when you come to New York on October, you're going to be actually, you're going to come to Maryland in October for Jose's yeah. event, but yeah. you're also coming in July, July yeah. 13th, and it's going to be a blast. And I know so many people are going to learn from you. I know they're going to want to pick up your book, but they can pick up your book now um, it's on Amazon, right? Yeah. Illusion Time Lessons, Suck Life. Right. The title there is just the short from Amazon. <laughs> the title is The Illusion of Time, 11 Lessons on How Not to Suck at Life. Mm, right. Yeah. There we go. There's, and there's Jose. There he goes. Yeah. We are definitely <laughs> very connected to Jose. We're connected together. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we can always do is share our friendships. Like Jose got to know you because mm -hmm. of our connection yeah and now jose because you've you've joined his leadership group mm -hmm. you're now connected to many more people yeah. and and it's about that abundance of love and sharing and and knowledge that yeah. we're willing to give right yeah. and i love yeah. the, the analogy that you use it's like a breath right yeah. We need to breathe in, we need to take, and then we need to breathe out in order to give. Yeah. But there is that balance, right? Because exactly. some people, like you said, they suck, suck, suck. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Jose is loving your book, right? He <laughs> is. A, it's a great book. He's loving it. And, you know, Jose loves to read. And just like me, I read all the time. And yeah. one of the things that, that inspires me about you is that your book is still being written your next one and the, sure one, after that, and yeah. the one after that and the yeah. one after that because yeah. i i didn't even i think this this episode is almost going an hour and a half yeah. and it's too short it's too short right so i'm gonna have to have you come back we're probably going to have you back on heroes rising but we're definitely going to have you as a speaker on uh I mean, I don't, I don't select the speakers, but I'm going to push that you are one of the speakers yeah. at our event in July. So, so when much. we think about the choices we make in our life, yeah, what is the choice that you are going to make when you move on to your next journey? Where are you choosing to go next? Excellent. That's mm. the choice I make every day and the choice I'm going to keep to make. Keep holding myself to the highest standards possible and defining clearly and carefully the standards that I set for myself. I love I'm that. choosing to be a role model for others because only that, we cannot force people to do things, but we can lead by example by trying to be the best of who you are to inspire others to become the best of who they are. And I think that to me is the, the best trait of leadership. I love it. I love it. All right, my friend, listen, thank, thank you, you so, so much. Don't go away. I'm just going to say goodbye to everybody and then we'll talk to you for a quick second. Yeah. Everybody, have an exceptional day. And no 
matter what, when you feel pain, remember, mm -hmm. you are alive. You are alive. Thank you, my friend.